welcome to Versus, the show where nerds do what nerds do best. Are you? I'm Caitlin Hempstead, and this week I will be representing Jason Bourne. And my name is Adam Peacock, and this week I will be defending Goldie Hawn from Overboard. <laughs> so no character name. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yes. you Would you like the character name? Her character name is Joanna Stanton or Annie Prophet, depending on where you fall on amnesia great i i like the harmony and the symphony of jason and joanna so i'll probably call her that j and j that's good yeah it's a j and a j and um these two characters obviously have a ton in common there's sort of not even any reason to do opening arguments on this episode because it's so obvious but why don't we go ahead and do it anyway uh adam you have two minutes to state your case why joanna is a better and a more important pop culture icon than Jason. This one was tough, buddy. This was really hard. And I think she might be a better cultural icon because if anybody benefits from having their memories erased, it would be Goldie Hawn from Overboard. Uh, this woman is... I rewatched it again this afternoon. This woman is... A victim through the whole movie. She's a victim to an awful husband in the beginning. She is subjected to a very vapid, empty, although rich, not very fruitful or or uh, beneficial lifestyle with her rich husband. And then she falls off a boat, loses her memory, and then is kidnapped, essentially. <laughs> kind of sexually assaulted by Kurt Russell. Oh. Forced to raise his kids and she is doing all of this with no training whatsoever. She has no benefits of martial arts training or foreign language training, but she does adapt. She does persevere. Now, I'm not sitting here, Caitlin, and saying that cleaning a home and you know doing dishes and all that is a way to live. It's fine if you do, but for somebody who is thrown into a, a situation that they didn't plan for, that they didn't want, this is a real hero. This is a hero who we can all be proud of, who really discovers who she is, and the worst things happen to her, and she comes out all right. I'm not saying I like the ending of the movie. There's a little bit of that. What's that? Uh, Munchausen syndrome? Or no? Uh-huh. What's the one? Yeah, Munchausen oh, wait. syndrome. No, that's the one where you make your kid throw up. Wait, pause the clock. <laughs> this is unconventional, but I think we have to do it. What is um, the one where you where you start to sympathize with your kidnapper? Stockholm. Stockholm syndrome. Yes, that's it. <laughs> she is she is a victim of Stockholm syndrome. And for my next twenty seconds, I think I'll just leave it there because I think she's a hero. She's a true superhero, and she's somebody to admire. Wow! Didn't even need the extra time. That was powerful stuff. Caitlin, I defer to you. Why is Jason Bourne more? of a important cultural icon than Goldie Hawn from Overport. Adam, you want to talk about victims? This sweet baby boy is first found floating face down in the Mediterranean Sea with a bunch of shotgun holes in his back. Nobody shoots Goldie Hawn if memory serves. Jason Bourne gets shot a lot. Uh, he's rescued by Italian sailors. Of course, they find like a crazy tracking device in him. He goes to a bank. He gets a bunch of passports. Ba-ba-da-bye. He meets incredibly sexy Franca Potente. They cut each other's hair. It's the hottest scene 11-year-old Caitlin has ever seen on film. Ooh. Um, but that's not even where Jason started, okay? He started in a series of novels created by Robert Ludlum that were more sort of Cold War-y. Originally, he was a man who was widowed by the CIA's illegal bombing campaign in Cambodia. Look, all bombing is illegal. But that one was extra illegal. And I just think it's really interesting that he starts out as just this 
man who has been such a victim of geopolitical forces and then ends up working for the very CIA that killed his Thai wife. Um, you know, he's a fighter, but he's also absolutely a lover. Reference again, that haircut scene. <sighs> um, and then, you know, th- his special lady does pass away, unfortunately, a victim of Russians. I don't really remember the rest of the Bourne movies. It's always Russians. It's it's usually and almost always Russians. And he's also just like a really sensitive soul. You know, he never really recovers from that loss. He loves kids and he'll do anything to protect them. In fact, the reason that he gets shot in the first place is because he will not kill a warlord who's just sort of like a weird broad stereotype because his kids are in the room. Jason Bourne. Born is the ultimate badass. As you say, he does speak a lot of languages, and that is an advantage in his globe-trotting ways. But he's just like a really nice little guy. And what could be sweeter than Matt Damon? And that's it. Thank you so much. Okay, opening arguments have wrapped, and I think we both made a really powerful case. But now it's time to dive into just a friendly, casual back and forth about why you, Adam, are completely wrong and I'm super right. I think you brought it up earlier, and both of these characters are pure sex. You mentioned 11-year-old <laughs> Caitlin having some sort of realization watching this scene. 41-year-old Adam seeing Goldie Hawn in a... <laughs> very revealing thong at the beginning of this movie was very it was very she's a very beautiful woman she listen Goldie Hawn is stunning beautiful really beautiful um Nepo baby people forget that because she is just so unforgettable and that's okay I don't really have a problem with Nepo babies but I will say Matt Damon from the streets yeah he is he's got that bad boy feel to him god doesn't he but he's so nice he's got such a little angel face i feel like if i would have went to high school with him he would have worn oversized gray sweaters that always smelled like tommy hilfiger cologne (laughs) and yet he would have always had a girlfriend and she would have been like the coolest chick in school absolutely the girl who skateboards yes now you said there might be some slightly problematic elements to overboard um you know why don't you delve into what Goldie triumphs over? Well, I would like to go back real quick to to address something we talked about earlier. It's not that nobody shoots her in the movie. <laughs> Somebody does try to shoot her in the movie, and it's her husband at the very end. He tries to shoot her with a bow and arrow mm. as she jumps off the boat and swims towards Kurt Russell. Okay, so she does do some stunts. I mean, she is, yeah, she's moving around. She falls off the boat twice. She falls off accidentally the first time, but then does it on purpose the second time. Okay, I have to concede that. I don't think that, oh no, in the third Jason Bourne movie, we do see him jump into water. So they're sort of neck and neck for falling into water. This is tough because this there's mm-hmm. not a lot of redeeming factors here for this movie. Uh, Kurt Russell's not a good guy in this movie. Oh, no. yeah. So he kidnaps her. He realizes there's a woman with amnesia. He knows who she is the whole time. And then he kidnaps her to care for his children. It, it, that is part of it. He's trying to, when we first meet these characters... She wants a shoe rack installed in this beautiful yacht she apparently lives on because it's just been at sea for months and months and months. <laughs> and she stiffs him on the bill. It's 600 bucks. So he gets this brilliant idea when they find her. I'm going to bring her back to my house, make her do a bunch of stuff for me until I feel the $600 is worked off and then I'll just let her go. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's the premise of that movie? I did not remember that. Yeah, there's a real cool scene, too, when he's with Mike uh, Haggerty and he pours whiskey on his shirt so he can pretend to be drunker than he is. So when he comes home and has tries to have sex with her, it's not as creepy. Ooh, ooh, ooh. 
Oh, thank you, Gary Marshall. Oh, another sensitive love story from Mr. Gary Marshall. It really is beautiful. Randy Newman wrote original music for this. The music in the Bourne films cannot compare. I do think that even though Overboard is supposed to be a rom-com, uh, it's a better love story. I think uh, I think Jason and Marie, you know, yes, he does drag her into a life of crime and pull her away from her family and everything she's known and ultimately get her killed. But they cut each other's hair and yeah. they're so sweaty when they do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's maybe a, a, a depiction of love that I aspire to more so than a uh, kidnapping a rich person and forcing them to work for me well i know now when you say it like that it doesn't sound bad yeah actually i know i think i maybe talked myself into it see they have a depiction of love in this movie when they first sleep together which by the way totally consensual even though she doesn't know who she is and doesn't know what's going on (laughs) okay okay cool okay They go through and they show us three separate shots where they start making love on the bed. Mm -hmm. They edit to them on the floor where they have ended up. And Mm -hmm. then we see a third shot. They're back in bed. So they're making love all over this bedroom, on the floor. Who knows where else they went? And haven't we all been in that situation where you're like, this is so crazy. We're so hot and bothered. This is so hot. And then you're like, "Ah, my back kind of hurts. Can we just go back to the place that sort of is built for making love on? Right. None of that is, it doesn't sound appealing. Yeah. And we don't actually see any doinking in the Bourne films, so. You know what? I don't think, there's no doinking in this one, but you do see, you see a lot of Goldie Hawn in this movie. Yeah, okay. Well, you see quite a bit of Matt Damon. Uh, he is ripped to shit. My God. Yeah. Um, Who would win in a fight? Joanna or Jason? I mean, I think everything is telling me Jason because he is a trained killer, but I think there is some sort of resolve that comes with living in a cartoon house made for cartoon cats where she ends up because that's how Kurt Russell and his four kids live. (laughs) So I think living like that sort of, I don't know, it it puts some sort of immunity in you to fight. So I'm still going to go Jason Bourne, but I think Goldie Hawn from Overboard is going to put up a hell of a fight. Yeah, and I guess I can sort of see she does live in a cartoon logic world and I can see her like Rube Goldberging her way into like a chainsaw flies over her head and then it knocks yeah. a vase off the shelf and that vase falls on Jason Bourne's head and he's like whoop, 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 whoop. Well, and that's a great point too because there's a whole chainsaw sequence in the movie where she's learning to do her chores because again, she is a slave in this movie. Not she my words. Not free. <laughs> Those aren't my words. Those are Kurt Russell's words from mm. the movie. He says uh, to zippity doo which is not it's not great anymore oh dear but he calls her his slave in the movie oh dear yeah gary 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 but i will say again these two characters have a really eerie resemblance to each other because jason Bourne is basically brainwashed into being this super spy like we later find out that they they sort of like deceived and inveigled him into joining Treadwell, which is the like spy service, and then they put him through really rigorous um, brainwashing techniques, and he doesn't even remember what his real name is anymore. So, like, exact same shit. It's just that instead of Kurt Russell, it's the U.S. government. And really, isn't Kurt Russell just the U.S. government? If I had to pick a symbol of America, 
I think I could do a lot worse than just Kurt Russell. Do you know why Overboard works? Is because you have two incredibly charming, insanely attractive people who are legitimately into each other in real mm-hmm. life. Because yes, if you don't they have are in that, love. You're right. They are, they've only been together four years at this point when the movie comes out. So it's still very exciting. It's still very new. Mm. And they're both smoking hot. And you need that because this movie is like two steps away from being a horror movie. Yes, because they remade it with Anna Ferris and ooh, I'm forgetting the name of the other actor. And they are both unbelievably charming and they do not have that cuckoo chemistry. Yeah, you got to have the cuckoo chemistry. I love Anna Ferris. Yeah, I think she's great. Her brother was one of my college professors. Oh, really? And he's really proud of her. A lot of his examples had to do with Anna Ferris movies. It was really cute. What did he teach? Sociology. Cool. I'm glad it wasn't like film studies or something. That's cool. No, no. They went different paths, but they're both really proud of each other. That's cool. That's nice. Yeah. Well, that's neither here nor there. Jason Bourne has a mission and a purpose. And I think that that might be why he's the superior character. Goldie Hawn does bless her you know joanna is the kind of character they tell you not to write in screenwriting things happen to her she doesn't make a lot of choices jason Bourne, bam right from the jump he's like i've got to take down this company that destroyed my life and killed a bunch of people and operates outside the law and i think that is why he is the greater character well i did write down in my notes here she, she being Joanna, is a victim of Kurt Russell, her actual husband, and the writers of this movie. <laughs> um, she does nothing in the movie. She is just there to help Kurt Russell become a better human being while getting nothing in return. Does she become a better human being at any point? Because she's sort of snooty at the beginning. She Okay, so here's the only thing that he does that I kind of agree with in this. When he sees her on TV, he calls her a bitch. And when you first meet her, she's not the nicest person in the world. So that I, I and they have to do that because if she's a good person, what happens to the next two hours of this woman's life is unbearable. It's unbearable. Yeah, she's yeah. got to be bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Well, let me ask you this because you the fighting thing I think is really interesting, and I I mm-hmm. do think Bourne would win. I just think the math checks out on that too well. Yeah. You'd brought up love and romance in this about Jason and his and his beautiful Thai wife. Mm-hmm. Who do you think would be better at rearing a family? Goldie Hawn from Overboard or Jason Bourne? <gasps> oh, that's really interesting. So it depends on if you mean books Jason Bourne or film Jason Bourne. Because film Jason Bourne never gets the chance. Marie is, of course, killed by, again, a Russian. It's hard to keep it all straight. It's all Russians. Um, But in the books, he has a whole secret life as a professor of linguistics at, like, Georgetown or something. And, like, a wife and a family and some kids. And he does all this stuff to protect his kids. So I know you want me to concede that Joanna would be a better parent because we see her parent. I think Bourne wins again because he makes huge sacrifices. This is tough because she's basically, she's just parenting against her will. (laughs) She has been convinced that she has given birth to four awful children who are, they're awful because they're dead. They should be taken away by CPS. I wrote that down in my notes. Yeah, those kids maybe should not be in that home. They're filthy. They can't read. Oh, They're starting fires all the time. Oh, like, these are these kids are in trouble. And she does help them. I do remember that. She does. 
Yeah, that's a fair point. And I think that like the life that she's living is the future Republican politicians want for us all, where women are just sort of forced to have an unlimited number of kids they don't want. And she really does make the best of it. This really is a Republican's dream. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm defending it. So I guess... (laughs) And you love it. That makes me a Republican. <laughs> um, I think Jason Bourne would be pro uh, pro choice. What do, do I think Joanna would be pro choice? I think she would be. Mm. I don't think Joanna, when we first meet her, would be pro choice. Mm. But I think at the end of the movie, she would be. Okay. Wow. Powerful stuff. I think so because I don't know why this impacts how I feel about that. But in the beginning, when she's talking to her equally cartoonish bad mother, she's Mm -hmm. talking about being like days away from having her period. And her mom goes, lay in bed for two days. That'll take care of it. So she's just giving her two days to just take care of yourself, to lay in bed and not do anything. That is good advice. I mean, that is good advice. But yeah, I guess is the advice still good if it comes from a bad person? I think it is. I think that that is really good advice. And I think that when you are getting close to a period, you should get to just lay in bed because they they blow. I'm sure. Um, Jason Bourne takes really good care of Marie when she barfs on herself. So that's cute. That's pretty sweet, too. So that's another chalk for that's another mark for him um, being a good parent because they're going to barf on themselves a lot. Well, I mean, and nobody would know that better than Goldie Hawn from Overboard because, again, these kids are monsters. They literally glue her hands to plates. <laughs> they cover her in chocolate for no reason whatsoever. They set her, well, they don't set her on fire, but he does make her cook a raw chicken and she burns herself and then they douse her with fire extinguishers. So, I mean, I, I guess what we're saying here is don't have kids. Yeah, maybe just don't have kids unless you really absolutely have to and then, you know, sponge the barf off of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was illuminating. And uh, I I feel that we've done a really good job of debating the essential points of both characters. Yeah. Do do you feel that we have? I think so. I think, I don't know who I like. I don't know if it's that I like Goldie Hawn from Overboard more or that I think Kurt Russell is just a despicable character more. It's it's hard for me to figure out which is which. Yeah, maybe she just overcomes more than a global geopolitical conspiracy. I mean, he doesn't think he's done anything wrong until 41 minutes are left in the movie. That's a fair point. Treadwell knows that they've done something wrong. See? And even at the end, Kurt Russell doesn't feel... He's rewarded, Caitlin. It turns out all the money's hers. Yeah. So he just gets to be rich. Yeah. But it's Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. Dude, he's so handsome in that movie. He's so hot. Good Lord. He takes his shirt off at a point. He keeps doing that thing with his tank top where like he's like pulling in so you see his awesome nipples and like, yeah. (laughs) He does have awesome nipples. He's got a beautiful body at that point. Yeah, Kurt Russell's got an absolute whammer of a rack. He does have a whammer of a rack. Well, (laughs) cut that wherever you'd like to, editors. You better leave every single word in. Um, uh, all right, buddy. Well, I, I think you're right. We did a great job of defending our cases, uh, but we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to throw some segments our way to see if our arguments hold up. All right, folks, welcome back to round two for this week's episode of Versus. Of course, in round two of the show, Adam and I each get to pick one game to play with each other from a list of various ideas that our producers have compiled, the evil geniuses behind the show. 
This week, in the great battle of Jason versus Joanna, I am choosing wild card crossover chaos. Whoa. Yes, that's right. That is the segment where we work together to put both characters into one world seamlessly to create a crossover event for the ages. Adam, are you ready for this? I am, and I think this is a very good one to pick. Thank you so, so much. Uh, we're going to put two minutes on the clock, and you and I will have two minutes to create a fully developed story in which both these characters can exist. Okay. Great. Yeah. Are you ready? Yep. Start the clock. Okay. I mean, they both are in the water with amnesia at the start. I feel like that's the only way to begin it, right? Well, I mean, I do, let's I love that. Can, let's get them together on a boat before they get amnesia again. Okay, great. Yes. Okay. So we pick up after the events of both movies. Um uh Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell are taking a relaxing cruise. Yep. On that cruise happens to be um, the person who first recruited Jason Bourne into the CIA. And then as as we meet these people on this boat, the boat gets taken over by who? The goddamned Russians. It's the They're Russians. They're on the boat. They're taking over. They're finally getting their chance to take over the world. And who shows up but Jason Bourne? And he starts kicking ass all through the boat. He's he's absolutely whipping ass. And then he gets into the first class passenger's lounge and he's like, wait a minute. That's the guy who first recruited me to the CIA. Guess who it is? Kurt freaking Russell. Jesus this was his Christ. deep cover. This is what he's been doing for the last uh, 10 years or whatever. And he goes to slit Kurt Russell's neck, but uh -huh. Goldie Hawn is bending over in a very revealing thong, and it's so shocking to him, he falls off the boat, hits his head again, boom, memory's gone. Doesn't remember a single thing, but Goldie Hawn remembers. She turns to Kurt Russell and is like, were you like a CIA spook? Did you do this thing to this man? And he says like, yeah, but you changed me. The love of a good woman rescued me. Meanwhile, Jason Bourne climbs back onto the boat and he doesn't remember any of this. And he's like, well, everything seems great. Goldie Hawn is still very afraid, though, because this is the second time he's lied to her. So he backs away or she backs away. Pardon me. And very scared. She trips over the balcony, falls, smacks her head off the side of the boat. Boom in the water. No memories. Yeah. And then they both fall in love with each other on a lifeboat. The end. That's it. <laughs> I would watch this movie. I really think Goldie Hawn deserves to be with Jason Bourne. I think she deserves, I don't know. Is he not a nice guy? He's not a nice guy. He had bad things in his past. I will give you that. Uh, my apologies. I meant uh, Kurt Russell, not, uh, oh, not Kurt Jason Russell. Bourne. Yeah, I oh, think, I see. Yeah, I think uh, Mr. Prophet is, he's, he's a, I mean, he might be a good guy, but he's done something real bad. All three of these characters have dark, dark things in their past. Yeah. Maybe they become like a nice little menage. They're just a nice polythruple. I mean, at least we know the three of them can get down. Yeah, they can. You know? Wow, that was a really powerful, thrilling episode of Crossover Chaos. Uh, good game. I think we'll have to leave it to the listeners to decide which character came out on top in that one. Literally. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, God, hopefully they all did. Yeah. Hopefully you know. they all came out on top. Well, Caitlin, let's move on to our next game. I picked something for you called Bad Impression, and it's as simple as it sounds. I would like you to do a bad impression for 30 seconds of Jason Bourne. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, this is not my strong suit, and I think you know this, but Adam, I'm going to give it my best. Let's do it, buddy. 30 seconds on the clock. Let's go. 
let the freaking CIA over here. Park the car. I gotta get to Dunkin' Donuts. If I don't get my iced coffee and a freaking gun, I'm gonna get wicked rude over here. All I wanted to do was <laughs> marry Franca Potente, and now I'm in the freaking Harvard Yard. Okay. Very good. Thank you. I've that been was really working on that. And those were all Boston-specific references that you pulled out, too. <laughs> yep. I know a lot about the East Coast. All right, Adam. Let's see if you can top that. Go ahead and give me an impression of Joanna. Okay, here we go. Help me. If somebody's listening to this, please help me. I made a horrible mistake by jumping back into the water to be with this man and his children. I don't know what I'm doing. I just want to go back to my life in New York. I would like to start a career and just be my own person. I don't need some scumbags telling me what to do. So if you're listening to this, I am located in Oak Creek at 555. Oh, that's time. I'm so sorry. I mean, damn, we're never going to find her. Yeah. That's that's too bad. Wow, that was a really good Goldie Hawn impression. Thank you, buddy. A, a great Matt Damon impression. Thank you so much. If I can give you one note, it kind of feels more like Goldie Hawn now rather than Goldie Hawn circa like 88 or whenever this movie came out. You know yeah. what I mean? You, you know what? You're right. I was trying to get too cute with it and I wasn't I wasn't uh, I wasn't bubbly enough. No, it was great. It was great. It was it's really bubbly's good. not the right word. No, that's very disrespectful to say. I wouldn't say bubbly. She's very uh I don't know. She's pretty, like, shiny. She is shiny. She is shiny. She's great. God, I love Goldie Hawn. Man, well, uh, uh, this has been a really eye-opening journey through these two really sort of complex, victimized, and yet ultimately very powerful characters. So I think it's time that we wrap it up and bring it to our closing arguments. Adam, would you like to make a closing argument about why Joanna is the better character? Well, again, I think she has just suffered and persevered through a lot. These are just a few things, Caitlin, that I wrote down that I counted as offenses that Kurt Russell has uh, perpetuated onto her. Is that the word I'm looking for? Mm. Whatever. Inflicted? Inflicted on her. Yeah, there we go. He calls her a bitch. Not Not the worst, but... You know, okay, that's the first thing he says, so, you know, whatever. She is kind of mean. But then he kidnaps her. He convinces her that his four kids are hers. He tells her that her mother is dead and that her father is in prison, both of which are not true. He brings her home, and as her husband, he says he's going to go out bowling after work. And then when she asks, when are you going to be home? He says, when I feel like it. It depends on how drunk I get. And he leaves her alone with these monsters. He makes her sleep on the couch when she won't have sex with him. This guy's a scumbag. I think she really had to figure out who she was, that she doesn't need the glitz, the glamour, or the piggish mentality. She's a woman about the world who wants to make her own way. Wow. Um, Really, really heartfelt stuff. And I can tell that you feel for this character. I do. I really do. I didn't think I would as much. That's beautiful. It's beautiful to see. I thought I would agree with everything that Kurt Russell did. <laughs> and turns out... <laughs> Some of those things you object to. Some of those things I object to. Yeah. All right, Kaylin, you have a minute on the clock. Let's hear your closing arguments for Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne is 
shot. He is stabbed. He is brainwashed. He is smacked around. He is driven and hounded from his country. He has his lover ripped from his arms in a car chase in India. And yet, Jason Bourne is not defeated. Jason Bourne does not despair, okay? He rises again to star in a bunch more movies. Um, one of them I think that he's not really in, and it was like Jeremy Renner, which um, I sort of don't get why Jeremy Renner keeps getting starring vehicles, although I'm really happy that he's okay after that snowplow accident. But that's not the point. Jason is the kind of character that we can all aspire to be strong, sensitive, uh, and um, truly changed the genre of action movies forever. Action movies are more gritty, more intense, and it's all because of our boy Matty B and his impressive ability to suppress his Southie accent for the role. Thank you very much. Yeah, that whole Jeremy Renner, Jason Bourne thing felt like when Vin Diesel left Fast and the Furious. And it was just like, well, well, then why? What are you doing? I know you love money, but you can make other movies. We just need the guy. Let's just bring yeah. back the guy. Just get the guy. And then he did come back. And I hear it was me. Yeah, I don't, you know, they're, whatever. <laughs> we, could, we should do that one time. <laughs> we could just do each individual movie versus the other one because they're all different. That's a great idea. I will do two of them and you do the other three. <laughs> Uh, well, Caitlin, I think we did a very good job of defending our characters, although I must say I think Goldie Hawn is the clear winner, but that won't be for me to decide. That is not for you to decide. You know who gets to decide that is the listeners. And if you're listening and you'd like to weigh in on who you think won this week's battle or give us suggestions on which pop culture icons you'd like us to represent next, you can email us at officialvspodcast at gmail.com or tweet at Wood Elf Media on socials and use the hashtag VSPodcast. So get at us with your hot little takes. And until next week, I'm Caitlin Hempstead. And I'm Adam Peacock. And this has been Verse. Bye. Bye. Versus is a Wood Elf original series, executive produced by Rob Herding, David Henning, Ryan Middledorf, Caitlin Hempstead, and Adam Peacock. Produced by Tom Breck. Original music by Darren Johnson. Edited by Neely Oftering. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts. Are you a Marvel fan? Matt, you know I am. Jeff, I was asking the listener. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought it seemed like a weird question because, you know, we've been doing a Marvel podcast together for nine years now. No, no, I was trying to grab the attention of all the Marvel fans out there for this ad. Oh. I thought it was weird, too. You should definitely warn us. Good note, Ashley. Well, if you like Marvel movies and TV as much as we do, join us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. He did it again.